0: Good morning. I know some of you have said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good morning. I'm feeling very much at home, and I know some of you have said, what a beautiful nation. I've been there. I'd love to go there. Well, first, would you start coming to us in your prayers? Um, you already do. You're already empowering us as Impact Europe, particularly my husband Johnny and myself. And uh, we are truly, truly grateful. The relationship I have with your, your pastors is a growing relationship, which means a lot to us and has done in the last few years. And uh, for me to come back to, to my home area, so I've driven up from Cornwall this morning, Yesterday afternoon at uh, between 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock, I milked 340 cows with my sister and brother-in-law in a a rotary parlor. Under the motto, when was the last time you did something for the first time? I I was determined to go back and do it yesterday afternoon. Do you know, when you're getting older, you've got to do things like that to stay young. And when you're young, you need to do things like that to grow in maturity so when was the last time you did something for the first time keep it going and so to be here in a with a body of people a community of faith and to know that you're standing with us in church planting another reason i feel so so united with you because you're church planting people i'm following what you're doing down there in beautiful Exmouth. And you're doing good. I love the venue that you're in every month. I love the fact that you're creating community during the week. We do exactly the same. Our our, our church planting starts always in homes. We call them startups. All we look for is a couple or a family who will open their home, their heart, and their fridge. We put a coach alongside them, one of our experienced pioneer pastors, to help them from the distance and uh, and we we now have five of these there are early stages of church planting and I was saying to someone earlier my husband and I have a virus in us it's and it's contagious and it's good and it's about church planting so particularly in our Ven- vienna church which we lead a lot of our people have already caught the virus and uh, we have a lot of major towns within 40 minute drive of the capital city and almost monthly we've got couples coming into us saying, you know, I live out north, or you know I live out east. Could we consider a startup in this town or that town? Do you know how awesome that is? That's that's good. And so I love what you're doing out of here. I would dare to say Exmouth is only the first for this chapter. Do you know you've got too many great heroes of the faith in this house who need to be planted out and bear fruit? And uh, anyway, I won't go down that way. So it's great to be here. Thank you for loving on us as a family, for standing with us. And um, this autumn, we are starting mission teams. And I've heard some whispers that even before autumn, even this summer, there might be a little bit of transience between Exeter and Austria with some youth. So I'm loving that. Because we did send you one of our great girls here, Marlena. And uh, she's back with us, and we do need her. You can't have her back, but you can come and you can come and visit her. I've loved the worship this morning. I felt as if we've been led into open our hearts to understand the heart of God. And that's going to he- help me and, and just propel me right into my message this morning. So um, Aaron and Rachel know our lovely home in the suburbs of Vienna. And uh, we have one uh, very large tree just on the side of our patio. And I have a bird table and a bird box hanging in that tree. Now then, right now, back in my home, uh, it's been white with snow right across my garden, right into the Viennese forest that we look into. So it's been cold and icy now for uh, almost a month. And so, of course, we need to feed the birds in winter. And I love love animals and, and, and nature, and so I love seeing the birds come in. But I'll let you into a secret. I feed the birds in my bird table all year round. And through summer, it's purely for selfish reasons. Because I love to sit outside on my patio and work. I I work remotely most of the time. And I I love seeing the birds come in to eat. Now, then, they would be healthier and doing better if they went and dug worms and found bugs. But I feed them corn and, and, and seeds because... I, I get great pleasure in seeing them come and the different... Well, I have wood, a whole woodpecker family come in and some other ones, some, some tree runners that r- run down the branches. And, and so it's all about the joy I get. So my generous spirit at the end of the day is because it gives me so much joy. I'm here today to say that the heart of our father is incredibly generous. And it's generous because he wants to see the joy in you receiving. But the generous heart of God needs a recipient that is always positioned to receive. And so today I'm gonna speak about Being an outrageous, unashamed recipient of the goodness of God. An outrageous, unashamed recipient of the goodness of God. Because he is a generous father. But he can only give if he has children who will receive. He's given already and his children need to receive. He is generous. Generous Generosity is a state of heart, not a state of one's purse. I'm going to be talking about the generous heart of God. I'm going to be talking about us positioning ourselves to receive it. I'm going to be talking about us moving out of a mentality of being slaves to being sons and daughters. And then my last point is going to be being an an outrageous recipient of all that God has so that we can be generous, so that we can reflect his heart with a generous spirit. The virtue of generosity is giving to another person something that is yours without obligation, without expectation, as an act of freedom that a person can choose to do. God's heart is generous, and we, as we walk this earth for our numbered years, we have the opportunity to reflect his heart and be an outrageously generous people, but only if we continually position ourselves to receive generosity from the heart of God. Generosity is a virtue, and it's not an act. So at the end, I'm going to be praying this morning that we can decide to change our mindset because that's where it's going to start, to walk more and more into the virtue of generosity. My first point, God is generous. There's not one verse, there are hundreds of verses, and even they would not be enough in the Bible to show us the generosity of God. When he created the the earth, he didn't create just a few species. He created a mass of amazing creations and species and animals and birds and plant life. Do you know there are alone 750 species of butterfly? Well, that was a bit wasteful, wasn't it? (laughs) Bit of a waste of energy. Was it really? A reflection of the heart of God. The Bible is full of this expression of his generosity. The generosity of God shown in giving his son, Jesus Christ. Now then, that is not minimalistic. That's not average. That is outrageously generous. Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you've laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust you in the presence of the sons of men. How great is your goodness. Too great to grasp, but not too great to open our heart and position ourselves to be receiving it daily. God gave Jesus... Jesus gave everything freely. Let's read Romans 8 verse 32, and I'm going to be reliant now on the screen. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he now with him also freely give us all things? He didn't give us some things. He gave us all things and continues to give us all things but only to the extent that we're aware of needing all things and only to the extent of us positioning ourselves to receive all things and with positioning ourselves i've had to in the last few months and we've been through a prayer season now for the last two weeks in our church in vienna and i've been teaching our people To be very bold in their praying and to sometimes, not always, but sometimes and maybe more often than not, instead of asking, use a narrative that says, God, today I'm receiving your grace. God, I'm drawing upon you and all your goodness. God, I'm believing that your promise for my son is this, and I'm speaking it out. Now then, that is different than asking. There are pl- there's a place for asking. God, I believe your goodness, and I'm asking you. Well, that's good. If that's as far as you are with your praying, please don't stop. Keep there, but be maybe ready to learn even further. I'm receiving, I'm drawing, I've positioned myself for the goodness of God. The first miracle that Jesus did was wastefully generous. He turned water into wine. Well, they'd had wine before. It could've, he could have said, well, that's enough if the host didn't organize better. That will be it for today, won't it? But he turned water into wine. The generosity, the blessing. He wanted party. God is a God of party. Yeah. Of excessive giving. And I know for some of us, and I grew up in the Methodist church down in Cornwall, and I grew up with an understanding God will give you enough. It'll be just enough. But you know, I've learned differently. I've learned that the heart of our Father is massively huge and generous towards us. And it is shown so clearly. He fed the 5,000. He could have ordered a day of fasting. I believe in fasting. I love fasting. I've just had a time of quite a few days of fasting behind me. I, there's a place for it. But when those, that big group of men, women, and children were so eager to be listening into Jesus, he fed them. And he fed them, and there were baskets left over my goodness, we really are wasteful, aren't we? Sure, they ate it up and took it home for supper. The generous heart of God, Ephesians 1, 6 to 8, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. My heavenly father is rich. If I truly believe that, I better get my head around the fact that he wants to give to me. And I need to be an outrageous recipients, recipient of his generosity. He laid down his life. God is generous. Point two, he needs a recipient. And he needs many of them. There is a flood of of goodness coming from the hand of God, from the heart of God to us. And the only thing that can can hold that back is us, his children, not knowing how to receive. There's no problem with the giver. He has more than enough for all and still more. But are we positioning ourselves to receive. What does it mean to be an unashamed, an outrageous recipient? Do you know, (laughs) those who are outrageous, outrageousness is not very passive. Maybe it's an, an interesting combination of words I'm drawing here together because say outrageous well, yes, I want to, there's to be some motion in it. I want it to be, I want us to get the sense and the feeling that to be a recipient of all that God has for us is going to need some active positioning. I sensed that this morning. We were encouraged and it was so beautiful to be waiting on God. But, do you know, even waiting on God needs to be active. And not, not jumping around, not all fidgety-fidgety. It needs, though, a, a, a positioning of our heart and finding a narrative that we, we bring to God, saying, I, I'm here. Some of us do it with our hands, but it, it needs a positioning of our heart. Unashamedly, we need to understand the heart of the Father. We can Shame is massive and often really massive uh, regarding a relationship with someone that we call Father, our Heavenly Father. And can I encourage you, whatever background you've come through, whatever has been done to you and, and, and where, where there's so much maybe pain and shame, would you, would you look there with someone and would you walk through it? Because God has so much goodness for you. God, your father, and he wants you to be able to approach him without shame, unashamedly. And not only approach him for, oh, I'm hungry, would you just give me some crumbs? He'll do that. And if that's where you're at, that's okay. But there's more than that. There's a place to approach God, believing. I'm believing God, and I've been believing God for 43 years for a nation. I mean, how nuts is that? (laughs) Me, little Cornish girl from Cornwall, all I used to be able to do was milk cows, drive a tractor, and deliver lamb. I mean, help them give birth. You know, you, some of you know how that goes. <laughs> I mean, that was my life. I was dreaming of being a Cornish farmer's wife. And then at 17, I mean, 17? Did I know anything at 17? A lot. But I heard heaven. And every Wednesday when I prayed and fasted, when I was 18, 19, working at Barclays Bank at Launston, Every evening, God would say, Angela, I'm giving you Austria. And in my naivety, I would say, thank you, I'm taking it. And now at almost, well, now I am 60, but a couple of years ago, approaching 60, my husband too, we decided, oh, we haven't done yet. We haven't got the nation. We've got to go for another 65 churches in each of these towns. Well, I mean, that's outrageous. But my God, he said he'd given me the nation. So, I mean, it would have been extremely rude of me not to have said thank you and taken it. When it's your birthday, do you have issues receiving your birthday gifts? (laughs) My little grandchildren don't. My husband doesn't either. My mother-in-law doesn't either. Well, how come? Well, just once a year, you know, manage that. Let's just change. Up here a little bit. Our God, our Father, who ha- wants to give us so many good gifts. Do you know, I'm, I'm a grandma now. I have two little granddaughters who live in Vienna. Eve is six, and Noah is, uh, she's a little girl, it's without the H, she's three, and they love gifts. You, you can reckon when I get home on Friday and see them at sad on Saturday in church, Grandma, you've been away, haven't you? <laughs> yes, sweetheart. Did great-grandma and great-granddad from Cornwall give you anything for us? Yes, sweetheart. Did you bring anything? Well, even, that's just a small reflection of God's heart towards us. So please, let's get rid of religious rudeness. Uh, I mean, that's a polite expression. I think the Bible calls it self-righteousness. Where, yeah, but I don't want to bother God. God. You know, he's got other bigger issues to be... He can manage the big ones and the small ones. So he, can, he, he wants to pour his goodness upon you. Yeah, you say, well, I've been receiving his goodness for decades. Me too. But I'm still going for more. He doesn't get tired. Love celebrates with Generosity. That's why we do birthday gifts, Christmas gifts. Love celebrates with generosity. That's why I give to my little girls. Do I enjoy it? I enjoy it too, but they're thrilled. Let's allow God to bless us daily. Psalm 143, verse 6. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hand. That was verse 5. Could we try verse 6? Maybe not. This is a problem you see in Austria, in the German Bible, our our verses are different. There's one It says, I stretch out my hands to you. I desire with my heart like a desert desires for water. Do you know, need forces us to position ourselves to receive. When the aches and pains and things go wrong in our body, oh, I'm in need. I should be praying. I need healing. Well, please pray and believe for healing. God really wants to give it to you. But why let need Force you for the first time in your life to position yourselves to receive. Or there's that, that religious kind of unhealthy modesty. No, oh, I've got enough. Let God give it to somebody else. Let's understand God. He has no limitations. So if he's given to you and giving to you and continuing giving you more because you're positioned for it doesn't mean that somebody else is not getting it if they're positioned for it. So let's let God decide who he's giving it to, not let us decide for him. Unashamed recipients of His generosity. We move on quickly. The generosity of God makes us into sons and daughters, and not into slaves. Luke fifteen, verse nineteen. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. The story of the prodigal son. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I think it goes on. No worries. Yes, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be Mary. Once son, always son. And the father had been looking out long and hard. God wants to bless us as his sons and his daughters. And his blessing is one of richness in every way. And it's not only spiritual. It's not only mercy, it's not only grace. Of course, the most wonderful is salvation that we can live in relationship with him. But God wants to bless our bank account. God wants to bless our ability to relate well in our family. God wants to bless us with good places of work where we're, we're living out of purpose and fulfill, finding fulfillment. Being an unashamed receiver, of His goodness. Do you know, we need not just to have enough to live, but to have enough to give. We are His vessels, and we should be giving out of an overflow, and not out of a just barely enough. Two Corinthians nine, from verse eleven. You're doing a great job there at the back. While you are enriched in everything. Oh, this is phenomenal, this narrative. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. The Bible does not shrivel up with uh, uh, just minimal words. I hope for some of us who've been reading the Bible for so many years that we, we look at n- maybe new versions just to get hold of the, the grandeur and the greatness and the expanse of, of the generosity and love of God. We need to be unashamed, outrageous recipients so that our hands and our heart is full to give. My husband and I are um, empty nesters, so, and and we're traveling a lot, and we we have very irregular um, lifestyles, so our fridge is often not overly full. Um, different to how it used to be when all of our three kids were at home and we had years with a lot of uh, teenage, other teenagers and young adults lodging with us. But these days, there's not much in the fridge often. We have uh, just grocery stores just a couple of minutes up the road, so it's really no issue if we're at home. But in the summer, we have a lot of garden parties. Well, I'll let you into a secret. They're called pool parties. And one of them is with our teenagers, our extreme youth. Well, let me tell you, when we know the teenagers are coming around for the weekend, we let them stay in our house. We move out and we let them move in. But we fill the fridge before they come. Oh, my Oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. I've uh, put an idea in the room (laughs) now about (laughs) what what could happen in summer. But let me tell you, my husband and I both go shopping to fill the fridge when extreme youth are coming. Because we want them to know, Johnny and Angela love you. You might wreck our home, and they've done it year after year within reason, within, within proportion. But we love you guys. We believe in you guys. We're sold out for you guys. And, and, and we are going to make sure that when you open the fridge, you're going to find not just the basic enough to get through. You're going to have a fun weekend. The deep freeze is full too. It's oozing with ice cream. We have hot summers. A recipient into a vessel to become a channel of the generosity of God. Be an unashamed, outrageous recipient of His generosity. God is generous without end generosity needs a recipient the generosity of God through Jesus has made us no longer slaves but sons and daughters and if we receive our heart and our hands are full to give you already do it well here riverside but there's always room for expansion particularly those of us who've been walking this road for a long time. I know we don't take our salvation for granted. We don't take the goodness of God for granted. But we can get very settled in our blessing. And yet, if we would position ourselves again, even in the prophetic, when was the last time you went to the store and while standing at the till? buying your tea and your Cadbury's chocolate. There's nothing like Cadbury's chocolate <laughs> when you can't get it. And you're paying and, and you've, you've asked God that morning, would he give you a little encouragement for the lady on the till? You, you go to the one where you have to use a till. I know most of them you don't these days, but oh no, Angela, I don't do things like that. Well, God's heart of generosity wants the lady in the store to have a little word of encouragement today in a dull gray day, and he wants to do it through you, but you weren't expecting him and you weren't positioned to channel his heart. Well, it's got our act together. It, you know, it doesn't take massive stuff, but if we position ourselves to receive his generosity. And do you know what? It'll be like me watching the birds. You'll see the lady go, oh, thank you, dear. That was sweet of you. You'll pack in your tea and your Cadbury's and you'll march off home. You'll say, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? And then (laughs) two days time and you need to go and get your joint of roast beef for the weekend, you'll say, I better pray and see if God has got an encouragement for the The lady on the till. Does he? You bet he does. Does he want to use you? Mm, Probably. Enough to live and enough to give. Can we stand as I I would love just to bless you as I close with a prayer. Father God, we are honored to be your children to experience daily your generosity, your, the richness of your grace, which makes our lives so full and so purposeful. But Father God, we're here today saying, for the sake of our world, we're going to position ourselves daily new for your generosity so we can be generous in our giving in every way, our words, our smiles, our money, our attention, our listening. I'm asking Father God for revelation of your Father heart, particularly those who've come from more religious, legalistic backgrounds and thinking that you're a God who will give just enough but not more revelation of your heart, Father God, changing of our minds so that we can experience, we can be men and women, unashamed, outrageous recipients of your generosity. In Jesus' name,